Let's Talk Crypto with Gabrielle Haynes. We're on with CJ, co-founder of Atlantis World, a new metaverse project. I'm excited to talk to him today. How are you doing, CJ? Hey, man. What's up? Thanks so much for taking the time out. I'm excited to be here. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm CJ. Uh, I'm co-founder of Atlantis World. Um, basically, we're building a pixel metaverse uh, with video calling, token gating, gamified DeFi, and in-game DAO voting. Um, what we kind of have identified and what we believe very firmly is that kind of existing virtual worlds are inaccessible um, because in order to kind of enjoy them and have a seamless loading experience, you need to go out and kind of buy the latest technology. You need to have really strong hardware, um, such as like the latest iPad or gaming PC. Uh, and, and we really kind of want to roll this kind of access out to a lot more people and kind of enable uh, people even in uh, kind of low-income countries and even, you know, families in the U.S. who kind of struggle with finances to be able to access um, virtual worlds and then beyond that kind of gamify the DeFi experience inside of virtual worlds and really just make the whole kind of two spaces a lot more accessible at once. Okay, okay. A lot to, lot to dive into right there. Um, before we talk about the project, how did you get into crypto? Sure, yeah. So um, I got into crypto when I was a kid. Um, I was involved in like the Proton Mail beta when I was like, nine, 10 years old. And that's when it kind of sparked my interest in Bitcoin. I was like involved in like political campaigns for digital rights and internet freedom uh, from a very early age. Uh, I tried to raise like 600K for an online gambling style when I was 10. Uh, obviously didn't go to plan, you know? Uh, yeah, Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, man. I imagine the audacity of this 10-year-old kid. He, he's not even old enough to go to a casino, right? And he's trying to raise 600K for a gambling style, you know, like peppering guys, peppering VCs, sending them my pitch there, calling them all the time. I got in a little bit of trouble, actually. Uh, but anyways, I, I'm 20 years old now. I've been full-time in crypto for over one year. Uh, and I've been hacking kind of specifically and almost, I would say, exclusively um, on the intersection of NFTs and DeFi since last October. Um, it's something I'm incredibly passionate about. And now, obviously, uh, moving into the metaverse, metaverse side of things with Atlantis. Wow. So that's that story is crazy. Um what does Proton Mail have to do with crypto? I know a lot of people use it, but I don't. I didn't sure, realize yeah. there was a specific connection there. So it's because it's like it was the first kind of major email provider that had encrypted, so end-to-end -end encryption. Uh, that I guess you could kind of trust a little bit more. I think Proton Mail really did a great job of like kind of delivering the kind of encrypted email service for the masses in a user-friendly way very early on. And like as I say, I mean at this point I was like nine, ten years old um, when I took part in the beta. For me, the link is just between like, you know, digital rights, privacy on the internet and, and kind of freedom to do as you wish and as you please on the internet. And it's something that became important to me at a very early age. Um, and it sparked my interest in other kind of, you know, encryption software and other kind of like cryptography. And that's what really sparked my interest in Bitcoin. Uh, I can remember when I was a kid, I thought it was invented by the Winklevoss, by the Winklevoss twins. Uh, so my, my kind of, I was a little off a little bit, but yeah, it's just where my kind of, passion for the space, I would say, really began. Um, and I was like volunteering and taking part in political campaigns and kind of lying about my age. So I kind of been like digital rights from, from the beginning, I would say. Okay, okay. Um, so where are you from, by the way? I'm from the UK, um, but I kind of travel full time, like perpetual travel. Uh, I like to kind of move around as much as I can. Uh, so I like perpetual traveling. Um, I'm currently in Germany. I'm visiting my girlfriend's parents. I'm currently uh, based in, in Munich. 
So we're, t- we're taking a little break from the from the hectic travel lifestyle. Uh, before that, I was in Africa for the last four months uh, and spent some time in Latin America. Holy shit, dude! You're you're living the life. I can't even believe you. you, you the amount of experiences you've crammed into these twenty years. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. I, I sometimes uh, I need to chill. <laughs> no, no, keep going, keep going. Okay, yeah. so you get into Bitcoin. Um, you're trying to advocate for digital privacy, digital rights, stuff like this. I mean, how'd you get into ETH? Sure. Yeah. So like I started, like, uh, I would say trading cryptos 2017. Um, this point I was probably, hmm, let me see. I would have been 16, 15, 16. My dad gave me a little bit of money. I lost it all. Um, he was a little angry, you know, you know, when the kind of markets collapsed in 2017. Um, but then I was really from that point on kind of deep diving on the technologies. Obviously I discovered ETH around that time, but I didn't really understand the importance of it until a couple of years later. And then, as I say now, um, I've kind of just dived into crypto wholeheartedly. I've been full-time on it for the past year. And then since last October, uh, kind of focused exclusively on NFTs and DeFi. Okay, 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 cool. So what, what is the most, why do we need a metaverse? Why I believe we need Atlantis world and just to kind of tone it down a little bit um, is because I believe like we can really uh, create gamification of kind of DeFi protocols and DeFi primitives and DeFi products that can actually reach out to people um, that are almost isolated from traditional finance or I would say abused by traditional finance. So if we think about parts of the world where predatory lending practices uh, are a standard and you know the interest rates globally are, are zero almost all of the time, um, everybody I think can really seek to benefit from DeFi, but they don't necessarily, um, they, they can't necessarily understand that from like, the way that the space is right now, I think it can be difficult to onboard people into DeFi. And so where we really see the opportunity is by gamifying DeFi and creating interactive learning around it so that people can really start uh, to understand the concepts better and be comfortable interacting with them. Um, And then like there's a social element too, um, in terms of like for exclusively for crypto and web three communities, we believe it's kind of stuck in the past a little bit, you know, it's kind of limited to discord. It's kind of limited to bulletin boards. Uh, we really love what GatherTown did, uh, over in the web two verse with kind of combining this pixel gaming and video calling. We'd love to deliver that kind of at scale to crypto communities starting, you know, with crypto natives and just kind of level up that whole kind of chatter and connectivity experience. And then also explore putting things like DAO voting, uh, for example, inside of metaverse inside of these kind of pixel spaces with video calling just to kind of smoothen out another process um and and yeah i think like overall the need for metaverse is kind of validated already but we just think that for mass adoption something like lightweight uh something that's accessible and then something that goes the extra mile and gamifies DeFi uh is is kind of much more much more relevant right now to the kind of tech that's readily available globally um, and, we, and we think we can do a lot, a lot of good in terms of onboarding people into DeFi, especially the kind of people that can't necessarily go out and buy the latest iPad or gaming PC um, because they're in a region where, you know, income average is very low and also um, the tech's not necessarily available and things like predatory lending are kind of commonplace. So to be clear, you want to build a metaverse that is focused on allowing people to use DeFi in a gamified way that is the focus rather than yeah yeah, i I would i i wouldn't say it was the focus but i would say it was the first step 
to serve a, a kind of need for like a couple of spaces. We really want to make the, the kind of entire virtual world experience super lightweight. Um, kind of current market leaders, especially in Web3, you know, if we look at Decentraland and Crypto Voxels and Somnium space. Now, don't get me wrong at this point because I love those products. You know, I've been interacting with them, especially Crypto Voxels for a couple of years now. You know, I love those products. Um, but the thing is, they're really not accessible. And if you don't have really good hardware, then they can be a little bit laggy. They can be difficult to load. And you have kind of two options, right? You can lower the resolution or you can be excluded from them kind of entirely. Then beyond that, they don't utilize DeFi and also there's no token gating. Um, so token gating is like a point I haven't touched on yet, but I'm sure you're probably familiar with it. Um, lots of servers that on Discord, they will use Collabland. Uh, and basically, if you want to get into a certain part of the community, you need to have X amount of tokens or you need to hold that token kind of at all, or you need to be airdropped some kind of access NFT. What we're really keen to do is kind of put this experience in metaverse so that there's token gating. There's the utilization of DeFi in a gamified way, and it's super lightweight so they can be accessed by more users as a whole. Very cool. Um, so crypto voxels though, I mean, I've, I'm not super metaverse uh, fluent, but I've been on crypto voxels and Decentraland. I mean, crypto voxels, it seems pretty lightweight. I mean, the graphics aren't like insane. I mean, is it really, do you really need such a good PC in order to access it versus like a, like a pixelated version? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, we're really kind of focused on bringing it to all devices as well. Uh, so oh, even kind of mobile web browser, um, because, you know, it, sometimes, you know, even the regions are trying to target down the line, there is not necessarily even access to a kind of computer at all, but they're still online via mobile. So it's just about creating this super lightweight client, like ultra lightweight, right? That people mm -hmm. are already comfortable with. So uh, we, we were featured in the, the Define the other day uh, and the report made a great point that people have been playing pixel games since Bill Clinton was president. And for us, it's about people feeling comfortable with technology, right? So for example, we have the pixel games, people have been playing them for 20, 30 years. Then on top of that, we also have the video calling group calling in exact this format, exactly this format, which people have got comfortable with during COVID and as a result of the pandemic. And it's kind of like putting these two things together, creating this thing that someone is like super comfortable with, and then adding DeFi in a gamified way so that eventually, you know, they can become comfortable with that. Very cool. Um, so the the who's the audience basically crypto natives just uh, something more broad so basically what we're looking at doing uh is creating these kind of token gated almost imagine them like individual virtual worlds um for the top kind of communities in web3 uh so so far we've been successful in onboarding uh audius polygon and yearn finance uh, and receiving grant funding from them we're also in some advanced stage conversations with some really top players um like for example one inch uh sushi uh pool together coin gecko uh, and a kind of really big list of others like for example skyweaver and the guys at horizon blockchain games uh, and we're kind of having a lot of these healthy conversations you know and exploring first of all can we integrate the products of DeFi blue chips and top DeFi protocols into the Atlantis world experience and then make that more accessible in public spaces that we're planning to build for people who aren't crypto native um, but then the flip side and the kind of duality the, the, the kind of dual goal of that is to enable network effects across the board by integrating the products of a number of DeFi kind of protocols 
all at once and encouraging different communities to interact with different products. Um, so we can build, for example, token gated community space for let's say Yearn Finance, just as an example. Wi-Fi token holders can meet there, they can be connected on video call or if they prefer to respect privacy, only texture or they can whitelist uh, certain people that which they're comfortable with kind of seeing them, but that's not a requirement. It can also be only audio, it can also be only text. When they're in that space, it will be like totally personalized uh, to their brand assets and, and to their kind of community. So we can add a lot of things um, which is native to that community. And then beyond that, if the community will be interested in that, we can even enable things like DAO voting inside of their private and exclusive space, which is token gated, right? But we can actually enable DAO voting inside of these spaces for communities um, so that they can go into those spaces, into those town halls and actually engage in the DAO voting right there after you know a really kind of meaningful and productive video call. So walk me through this. So I'm a Yearn user, right? I'm a user of Yearn. Now, right now, I can go to the Yearn website, right? And I can, you know, deposit USDC and earn whatever, 10%, whatever it is. So via Atlantis World, I'm going to walk in to the Yearn land, essentially, and I'll be able to look at all the different rates. Like, I guess it's displayed maybe on a screen or I have to click on something and it's going to be connected to my MetaMask. So I'm going to be able to just with a couple clicks, okay, I want to deposit in here um, and it'll be done. So instead of using the urine interface, we're using the game interface, right? Uh, I yeah, ex exactly. So it's it's kind of about we're at the early stage of exploring how exactly we're going to gamify each kind of individual protocol or DAP interaction. But it, it's just the case of, of gamifying it, right? So it could be as simple as walking into the decentral bank building and heading over to the Yearn desk and, and handling the deposits just like that after seeing like a live dashboard uh, of the interest rates and price feeds and the kind of yield aggregation side. Um, but then kind of beyond that, We'd also love to add interactive learning modules about the protocols that we're partnering mm. with. Um, so it, it's a case of not only trying to create an engaging experience for, first of all, users of Yearn that use the protocol every day, um, also members of other DeFi communities who've had the Yearn products integrated with their space, or somebody who's brand new to crypto that's interacting with the Yearn kind of product in a gamified way inside of a public space that we all build. And it's also benefiting from interactive learning modules. So do you envision that in the future, I mean, right now, a lot of crypto is based on Discord, Telegram, that's where people to Twitter. I mean, in the future, are people going to be spending their time in, in game and being able to hang out with people in game rather than using all these different services, like text-based services, essentially? Yeah, exactly. I think that's definitely our vision. Um, we think that we can really add a kind of new dimension uh, to communication, firstly, for kind of crypto native and Web3 communities, um, but just kind of level up that whole kind of social experience generally put it inside of a kind of virtual world environment. But then also, you know, it's a virtual kind of world environment. You can work in there because there's the, the video and audio connectivity. You can play in there because we're gonna to continue to add things like mini games and fun game features. You can actually earn in there because we're aiming to kind of increase how comfortable you are with DeFi protocols and, and trying to provide interactive learning on that and the literal ability to deposit funds into the leading kind of DeFi protocols, which are more secure. Um, and for example, you know, you can build even 
Okay, so we plan to build uh, Atlantis City. Um, we've not really talked too much about that. This is probably the first kind of meeting where I'm talking about it in some depth. But what we're planning to build is a kind of buzzing entrepreneurial city where ETH is money and culture is king. For example, if you want to open a business inside of Atlantis City, you're going to be able to apply to our governance. Um, and so, so let's say, for example, you want to uh, on a virtual, you want to open a virtual cafe, uh, a co-working space. Uh, actually, we, we were chatting to One KX about the potential for a co-working space, and lots of kind of top crypto teams right now are using GatherTown, so that's huge potential. If you want to open an independent art exhibition or even a movie theater, you're going to be able to apply to governance and actually occupy land inside of Atlantis City for free, right? Until you're proven to be generating revenue, at which point there'll be some tribute kind of back to the ecosystem. Um, and whether you're making revenue or not is verifiable on chain. And whether you're providing value to the community uh, is also something that we can kind of track in, in a kind of variety of innovative ways. Um, and just kind of more on the fundamentals of that, we really want to experiment with fleshing out a system whereby land parcels inside of Atlantis City, uh, both governance tokens and the productive asset class, um, because outside the walls, we're going to have these token gated lands, which are targeted communities, for example, Yearn, Audius, Polygon, um, our next up collaborators. If, for example, some of these spaces can be dedicated to early stage NFT communities that want to host an NFT drop, like an NFT sale, right, inside of a token gate space that's been branded to them. Um, they whitelist everybody who can take part in this sale. So they are the only ones that can get access to the token gate space and they pay some kind of fee for that. That would actually be distributed among all kind of land parcel owners and Atlantic city settlers. So we're actually exploring with creating these land parcels, which are governance tokens, first of all, uh, and also are like an entirely new productive asset class of their own and users can actually generate revenue from them. Okay. This might be a stupid question, but why would anyone buy a virtual coffee? Sure. I think that cafes are less about coffee, right? And more about experiences and more about chatting with your friends and having a kind of really enriching conversation uh, or reading a nice magazine. You know, I think it's more about the experience than it's about the coffee. I think for some people, definitely it's about the coffee. Uh, but I think for us as a kind of collective species, we really love to gather around in places. You know, whether it's a cafe, whether it's a park bench, right? Nobody's buying coffee necessarily um, from a park bench all of the time. But they're still kind of connecting with people, you know, and they're still having this kind of chatter experience. And yeah, maybe there is no sense in people buying a virtual coffee, but maybe there is still sense in providing value um, to the community by creating this kind of space where people can gather and have an experience that's unique. Um, and the kind of virtual coffee is just a byproduct of that, in my view. It's just one kind of example, you know. It's just we really want to incentivize culture. And we really want to incentivize like an entrepreneurial spirit kind of at the heart of the city that we're planning to build. Yeah, so, I mean, what is the value that this virtual business can provide? I know that it, you know, in Decentraland, um, yeah, Decentraland have Decentral Games where they have this, uh, get the casino oh, yeah. where you can gamble. I mean, that I understand, you know, people want to gamble, right? Um, but creating just a space like, okay, we make a virtual cafe. I mean, how much value does that add? And like, do I constantly need to be like updating it or like, okay, I just made it and like now it's done. I mean, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to envision this. I have no idea. Yeah, I know. Sure. <laughs> sure. I, I think it's about also like distributing that creativity to the community as well. 
Um, and that's why we're not necessarily trying to tackle kind of in metaverse business models in that regard entirely on our own. And what we're trying to do is encourage people in a kind of community spirit to come and, okay, if you think you can build something creative, then you can make a proposal to governance and we'll actually facilitate that and make it super easy for you. And it's more about like the, the kind of entrepreneurial spirit and encouraging people to try creative things uh, and to try to build things right. So maybe the virtual cafe is not the best example, but a virtual co-working space where people can be hyper-productive, hyper-connected, um, and really make a lot of progress in a kind of video calling environment, I think, you know that's a super enriching experience that adds a lot of value to people um and we we you know like i said we already have a couple of people a few a handful of people actually oh, i should say projects that are exploring building these kind of co-working spaces in atlantis uh like for example 1kx there's also a couple of co-works in berlin uh, that would really love to try this out um I, I think it's more about going down that route you know less than kind of virtual stuff yeah I could definitely see it, uh, people hosting events like you could, you know, get a couple speakers and, you know, charge for tickets and those tickets are NFTs, then you can enter the event hall or whatever. Uh, sure, yeah. That could definitely be for sure. You know, stand up, stand up comedy nights, uh, uh -huh. kind of panels on the NFT space. You know, there's definitely a lot of kind of and that, that's why we want to open up the conversation and we really want to encourage people to feel kind of free to do that and be creative in that way. Very cool. So um, what role do NFTs play in this uh, universe? I assume that the NFT, the land could be NFTs, yeah. um, maybe sure. items, so, I don't know. For, for us, it's all about ownership. It's all about user ownership and it's all about community ownership from the start. And NFTs are what really enable that. And they're really what's going to usher in a kind of new era of gaming um, where the kind of flow of capital is not just you know, a studio designs a game and they, they, they make a lot of money um, and the users actually have no kind of real ownership or involvement in the game. For us, it's super important to enable this kind of user ownership from the start um, and, and kind of distribute that value and share that value uh, among all kind of participants of the ecosystem. So every single game asset that makes up Atlantis World, um, currently in our demo is an NFT and that kind of trajectory will continue. Um, we start all the metadata of the assets on chain and actually in our demo and in the game itself, um, all of the assets will be loaded directly from IPFS. Um, so they'll be kind of lo loaded directly directly from that on-chain storage. Um, but, you know, I'm a huge proponent of the NFT space. Uh, I've been around for a long time. Um, and yeah, I really think it's going to usher in a kind of new era of gaming generally, and also really enable people to have control and ownership over their digital assets. And it just goes back to what I was saying about the beginning, you know, about being kind of super passionate uh, and really vigilant, vigilant about digital rights from a kind of early age. I think it's time we bring that to gaming. And I think that, you know, gaming is potentially the biggest use case uh, actually of crypto, or at least one of them. Is Atlantis a game or is it gamified it's a virtual world um in its entirety and we're trying to in the immediate stages bring the crypto experience the chatter experience um into a kind of lightweight web-based metaverse environment whilst gamifying leading DeFi protocols but that's our mvp that's our starting point you know um th th that's exactly it that's our starting point um, and I think this, this kind of thing is limitless. The reason I ask, I mean, a game to me, like you have, you know, I think yeah, of like sure. 
G GTA or whatever, you have like certain tasks. Okay, you got to go do this and that. And, and if you die, you start over. Is there an aspect of this or is it just, you know, gamifying so, the crypto experience? So, yeah, so we're gamifying the crypto experience. Yeah, we're also gamifying the kind of social chatter experience. Beyond that, we're going to add actual mini games. So you will be playing real games inside of Atlantis World. And um, we'll be really encouraging people to come and develop games of their own uh, inside Atlantis World, whilst also chatting to a lot of top players about coming integrating their games with Atlantis um, and, and building games within Atlantis as well. So like our team, for example, you know, we're all, we're all gamers. Uh, we're all really passionate about the space. Um, and yeah, it, it's a priority for us to start adding mini games. Um, yeah, I, I'd say it's a virtual world experience. We're gamifying chatter. We're gamifying social. We're gamifying DeFi. Um, but down the line, it's really limitless what we can do and what we can achieve. Um, we're also going down the route of progressive decentralization, right? Um, where we want the kind of com just community ownership from the start, um, but we really want the future of the project to be kind of in the hands of, of everybody, uh, everybody together. And kind of, I guess, what will become of it will. But we really think the kind of applications, the potential is limitless. And we're just starting with trying to gamify DeFi, gamifying the chatter experience and rolling that out to kind of a lot more users around the world. The avatars in game, are they NFTs as well? Yeah, sure. Um, basically, we really believe that there needs to be some revolution, you know, transformation in the NFT space from kind of not very functional, um, kind of profile picture avatars into actually hyper-composable and versatile playable characters. So we're actually going to get out ahead of that ourselves, do some work on that in a kind of very old school way and actually just go out communities that we love, like for example, Bought at Yacht Club, like CryptoPunks, um, maybe even Pudgy Penguin, you know, we, we, we really love a lot of NFT communities because we have been kind of around NFTs from the start. We're going to literally go and create sprite sheets and full walk cycles for projects that we really love. Um, but me personally, you know, I'm super keen to explore down the line. And if anybody listening has any ideas on this, please hit me up, you know, on Telegram or Discord. Um, what I'd love to explore is how we can do this in a permissionless way, right? So how we can transform uh, the current NFT avatar our landscape into uh kind of playable characters as the norm yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i mean and, and i guess that's another thing like just sorry just one last point um it, it is that we're also like super focused on the composability um, and interoperability of Web3. And as much as we can integrate, as much of the crypto experience we can bring into Atlantis, you know, as many kind of avatar projects, as many NFTs we can get inside of there is fantastic for us. And moving at some velocity towards a permissionless way of doing that is a, is a focus as well, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, the composability aspect is something that everyone talks about, but in NFTs, it doesn't really exist. I mean, we don't, we don't have super composable NFTs right now, um, but, you know, I've, I've, that's the promise, right? And, you know, I, I brought up loot earlier. That's kind of the idea. I think that one of the reasons it took off is because you give this, it's all up to your imagination and each metaverse can just create their own, like, kind of, you know, idea around those particular words, right? So it's uh it's a yeah, something that... I really love that. <laughs> What's that? I, I really love Lou. It's a crazy crazy project. Huh? What what do you like? About, I mean, what do you what what is so interesting about it to you? 
so when I was talking a little bit earlier about like disrupting the flow of capitals from games, like the flow of capital from, from like games traditionally, where you just have like a studio that designs this game and then um, they kind of usually spend a lot of money and the game designer makes a lot of money. Um, then we have like the next stage of that, right? Which, is, and I saw a really good kind of tweet thread about this as well. There's the kind of next stage of that where you have kind of NFTs and this user ownership. And so it's being disrupted in that sense. And then you actually have it like completely like swiveled around and completely crazy um, when like all, all these loot NFTs are kind of distributed. And then the users themselves actually like almost become the creators there and they start adding value kind of from that way. It's kind of really crazy. And that's what I find, you know, super intriguing uh, about loot in particular. And obviously just the community side uh, and how much everybody's rallied together and just really started to build. I, I think that the building spirit is something that's ingrained in crypto and it's just fantastic to ever see it playing out. You know, it's something that always uh, gets me super excited. Are you going to have a token as well connected to the universe? Yeah. So we're not rushing that. Um, we have a lot of interest from top investors. Um, we chat to the best in the space. We're keeping in touch with them and they're helping to bring us on an awful lot. Um, but the thing is, we don't want to rush on that. We don't want to rush our token design. We don't want to be just like a few hundred other projects this year that have launched part of the token, hit a hundred million dollar valuation overnight, and then just fizzled out because they have no actual utility. And the only reason why they launched the token was for initial capital, right? And I understand why projects would do that. I'm not against that. You know, I have a lot of love for projects who've kind of gone about it in a similar way. We just think we can actually like switch it around a little, provide value first by going the hard route, by taking on grant funding, by exploring alternatives fundraising and actually provide value to communities that we really love and also to the people who are kind of becoming our early users and our kind of natives we want to provide value first think about our token later and actually have some kind of really powerful really meaningful utility for that if it's a kind of super elaborate and new play to earn mechanism great if it's not we're not rushing in in a ideal metaverse what does a token do yeah, I mean, I think it's. Uh, I, I think we can start with ETH, and uh, I think ETH is the money of the metaverse, and I think that's a kind of perfect, perfect use case. And that's also why we're not rushing on utility. And like I said, we're really trying to go after the composability and interoperability aspect, because for me, um, there is enough. Uh, kind of, there, there is enough out there from a token side. So if we think about ETH is money, we think about the kind of DeFi protocols and products that are available. Um, you can transform that ETH or even USD stablecoin uh, into a productive asset. And there's a lot of potential for kind of earning in virtual worlds. So for us, you know, there's going to be have to some, there's going to have to be some novel mechanism that we haven't discovered yet for us to launch a token. And that, that's kind of what I was saying about we're not rushing, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what is the perfect utility of the Atlantis token, um, because we're not rushing on that. And, and I think we. I, I mean, I know one day we will come and we'll have another. We'll have another chat. We'll have another call, and I can tell you all about it. Yeah, no, I'm just curious, like because obviously the token is very important, but like you said, you don't want to rush it. Um, I, just generally, I mean, the, what I was asking is that what. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what does the perfect token do for a metaverse? I mean, it in general, I think that it helps the economy of the, you know, the metaverse of that specific metaverse run more smoothly. Um, you know, obviously that's very broad, it's not specific, but I think that's generally the, the answer, right? 
Yeah, sure. But I, I also think like having these kind of siloed economies with individual tokens is not necessarily the best route either. Mm-hmm. And that's why I cited ETH. I'm not trying to be boring. I'm just trying to be like, you know, straight up in the fact that, you know, ETH is ultrasound money in a metaverse environment. And it should be the standard in all of the metaverse environments that we're building. I'm a huge proponent of, of ETH and, and Ethereum um, and the ecosystem generally and how it's really proving itself um, to be super robust and an actually kind of mind-blowingly fantastic asset class uh, in, in a number of different ways. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That's a uh, that's good end. I appreciate that. Uh... And sometimes, <laughs> and some, some, sometimes it can be refreshing when I when I'm saying here, I'm saying, you know what, we're not going to launch a token. And I think a lot of people have really appreciated that. We're not in any rush, man. Um, and it's, it's really great the kind of support we've had so far on that, even from the top investors in the space. Um, you know, we've tried with Paradigm, we've tried with, with Mechanism, 1KX, Varian, Arca. The list like really entirely goes on. And I'm sorry if I've missed anybody because really appreciate everything that you've been doing for us. Um, and they've been really supportive as well, which I think is, is refreshing on our side about not rushing on a token. Uh, and also our own community and the people that are starting to become our early users and our natives are really appreciative of that. And I think they, they really do find it refreshing. Um, speaking of which, so is it live? You can beta test it. How does it, how is it working right now? So you can go to demo.alanisworld.io. Um, basically, we are loading all of the game assets from IPFS. You'll see some super interesting designs there, very reminiscent of like 1990s video games, super fun. Um, you can move your random crypto punk. Um, around the kind of Atlantis World demo. Uh, we've also integrated with Audius, so you can play kind of music you want from decentralized music streaming service um, whilst you're enjoying the game. You can also visit our decentral bank building uh, and live deposit real crypto assets on Matic Mainnet on Polygon into the Aave protocol. Uh, so you can transform your crypto assets inside of our decentral bank um, into interest-bearing assets. Um, Aave protocol actually enables a higher interest rate than any of the kind of leading banks on the planet and a secure lending alternative, um, which has no kind of predatory practices, which we think is really fantastic. Um, we've also just added, but you, this is coming soon to the demo. Uh, we're still kind of debugging it a little bit. Uh, we've integrated with Rarible protocol so that you can buy NFTs from inside of Atlantis um, kind of really easily. So that kind of means we're cross-chain already, right? So we're on ETH mainnet, we're also on Polygon, um, which is fantastic. We just kind of received our collaboration grant from Yearn Finance. So we're going to be gamifying that whole kind of Yearn interaction inside of our demo as a matter of priority. Um, we're going to start building our city of Atlantis. We're planning something really big. Uh, I encourage everybody to get in our Discord, get involved a little bit and keep up to date on that. Um, and yeah, we also have a kind of a little cheeky list of next up collaborators. We're having a lot of fantastic advanced kind of stage conversations. Um, so yeah, it's super fun. You can try out the demo. Um, but it's just the kind of breadcrumb uh, of what we're starting to build. Cool. What has been the biggest challenge so far? The biggest challenge, I think we've been very, uh, very privileged uh, this far out in terms of challenges. Uh, I think it's just been like on development side, you know, hacking together um, over six or seven time zones and kind of getting it together with no money, with no funding. Um, that's been the biggest challenge. Um, but we're making it work. We're getting there. Like I said, we're going the hard route, the hard route on purpose. Um, so that's something we're prepared for. We're prepared to ride out that battle for the sake of kind of the long-term community. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say that's been our biggest challenge is trying to kind of develop something, develop demo with no funding, um, bring everybody together across a multitude of time zones. Um, but other than that, 
things have been going very smoothly. And even in that sense, they've been going smooth, but probably our biggest challenge for sure. Um, how are you approaching the community building? Sure. So we've actually had fantastic, like over the last three days, we've had 300% growth of our community, um, which has been fantastic. You know, really people are really getting kind of excited at the premise of what we're building. And that's fantastic. Um, obviously, as part of our go-to-market strategy, we're going to be building, you can almost think of them like individual virtual worlds um, or kind of token gated lands outside the walls of our city um, for our favorite and top communities in Web3. Um, and also seeking to collaborate with them, receive grants, uh, other resources, and see how we can kind of add value both ways. That's a kind of core part of our go-to-market strategy and how we're actually community building. And like I said, we're planning something very big. So everybody should definitely uh, stay tuned for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, also, yeah, go ahead. There's, there's just something else like off topic I wanted to touch on is how we're actually planning um to plant virtual trees inside of atlantis world okay. um that remove carbon from the real world atmosphere so how that works essentially yeah yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so how that works is there's going to be have to be a certain uh, amount of funds that's locked up inside this nft tree right we're going to use super fluid finance so that every second of the day uh every second um die or usd stable coin is emitted from the tree and it interacts with a climate finance protocol called CO token, um, which then swaps the USD backed stable coin um, for real world carbon offset that's been bridged on chain to Ethereum. Uh, the interaction takes place, it's swapped and locked away inside of the tree, right? So we're creating this in game carbon black hole. Um, actually, we have this crazy primitive where trees can actually be more efficient in theory than trees in the real world in terms of offsetting carbon. Uh, because there's no kind of limit to how, how much carbon you can offset with these things. Um, and it's a super exciting kind of primitive as well as like social proof of carbon offsetting. So think, you know, big companies, big philanthropic organizations, it's like gamifying the whole kind of proof that you're doing good experience and the whole kind of I'm carbon neutral experience. Uh, people can plant trees in our great forest in the space of their own, or if they really want, they can make a forest of their own as well. So in order to do the carbon offset, you're you're working with an organization that plants trees in real life, right? Or do they do something else? No, so basically it's like real world carbon offset. So imagine carbon credit, which companies very regularly buy uh, to kind of feel a little bit better about how much they're, they're destroying the planet. They buy these carbon credits. Um, so we, so a, a protocol called CL2 can take these carbon credits and manages to bridge them on chain. Um, I will also drop links below um, to all of that so you can understand a little better how it works. So basically we're taking those tokenized carbon offsets and imagine locking them away or burning them forever inside of the game. I'm just curious what they actually do to offset the carbon. Sure, yeah. So the, the, the carbon, like the carbon credit side is it's watertight. I will drop down a link so you can you can read a little bit more about how exactly CO2 can tackling that problem. Um, but Ravel and James are very, very kind of talented in this space and it's super exciting to see uh, everything they're doing in the in the kind of realm of decentralized climate finance. And it's super exciting to collaborate with them on this um, and you know, build build a virtual forest which can actually take away carbon from from the real world atmosphere. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So right now, there's a lot of things going outside, uh, going on in the NFT landscape. Are there any particular projects? You mentioned a few, but are there any particular projects that you really like that, I don't know, you may really want to support or integrate with? 
Yeah, sure. I think we're, we're exploring collaborations with, with really some kind of top communities um, that we really love. Um, we've had some fantastic conversations. One that's came up recently that I'm a huge proponent of and I really love uh, kind of everything they're doing in their kind of model is Nouns. Uh, it's a super fun, super fun project. Um, and, you know, you know, that kind of list goes on. But yeah, I, I really love Nouns and we're exploring collaboration with Nouns. We're exploring collaboration with CryptoPunks, with Body at Yacht Club um, and the kind of list goes on. Very cool. So that would look like just like similar to Yearn, uh, nouns would have their own space and people that either hold a noun or hold some fraction of a noun were able to enter, something like that. Yeah, exactly right. Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, it's interesting that you're able, it's, it's cool that these DeFi protocols like Yearn, they see the vision. They see that there is some sort of value in making this like a, a game, right? They, they're willing to support that vision. I mean, are you, are you at all surprised or are you like, well, this is, you know, just a natural fit since we're all, you know, you know, digital natives. Yeah, it's a natural fit, I think. And it makes perfect sense. Um, and we're really kind of proud and happy to be collaborating with market leaders, DeFi blue chips and the best minds and projects in the space um, to make DeFi more accessible for everybody. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Now, the listeners of this conversation, after hearing you talk about your project so passionately, how would you like them to take action? I'd love them to jump in our Discord. Um, come and tell me um, where I got it wrong so we can, we can talk about it. Um, jump in suggestions, start contributing, start thinking up ideas. We really want to create this kind of community environment, community contributions from the start. Um, we're really working as hard as we can to deliver the kind of first iteration of our governance model. Um, but as well, we don't want to rush and get it wrong. We don't want to sacrifice quality, security, uh, or kind of sustainability. So we're working as hard as we can to kind of bring some governance module. But for the meantime, uh, come and uh, come make suggestions in our Discord. Come get involved in the community. Become an Atlantean. Join our mission. Um, align on our vision and if you have uh, anything where, where you think you know we're really getting it wrong then you know come and tell us be real do you um do you have an idea how the governance work because you mentioned there's no token i mean what what are the what represents the ownership or voting rights yeah so we're planning something big while we're considering a land parcel sales like an alternative fundraising method um and basically a land parcel would be a governance token um but there would also be some like proof of participation proof of personhood so there'd be for example a limit to how much land uh, people could own and we're also exploring some kind of quadratic system and that's why we're kind of taking our time on it and not not delivering it tomorrow because we want to ensure you know it's super secure and we can provide the most value to the community in the long term um, we're really thinking hard about we're going to go about that but in basic terms land in atlantis world is going to be a governance token it's going to be governance rights um and it's going to enable you to vote and make proposals on the future of the ecosystem. Nice. If you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, highly trafficked place, Times Square, what would you write on that billboard? I'm going to be cheesy and say, be kind. That's as good as answer as any, my friend. I like it a lot. All right, CJ. I'm sure, I'm sure there's probably one of those already, right? I've seen them before. <laughs> so unoriginal. <laughs> Let me come back to you, right? <laughs> I'm going to buy a plot in Atlantis. 
Put up a bill billboard. Be kind. Please do, man. <laughs> we'll put you in our Hall of Fame if you do that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, CJ, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I enjoyed talking to you. I think that it's a very cool idea. I like the vision a lot. I think that, you know, going, especially the whole idea of crypto is to be accessible. And if you're able to play the same game on your phone, on your computer, on your television, uh, in your Tesla, I don't know, whatever, that would be that would be awesome, right? Definitely. And the people who can't currently access DeFi and virtual worlds are the people that stand to benefit the most from it. Um, and that's why it's such a really core part of our mission uh, is to really increase the accessibility, grow out in corners of the world, which you would never expect, and really start to onboard billions of users, billions more into DeFi. I can just uh, imagine Uniswap has a, a little parcel and it's just a trading floor with all these traders yelling at orders at each other. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That but, but, we, but we want it to be friendly. We're trying to, we're trying to right the wrongs of the, of the traditional banking system. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got be you. Kind, be kind, right? Be kind. <laughs> be kind. Be kind. Sure. Uh, CJ, thank you very much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And I uh, hope we can chat again soon. Awesome, Gabriel. Thanks so much, man. And uh, yeah, sure. Anytime. Anytime like, I can be around.